You're listening to the Lucas Askew Experience. Now, here's your host, the one and only, Lucas Askew. Hello world! Welcome to the Lucas Askew Experience. I hope you are, in, you are enjoying the warm weather, tan lines, grilled meats, and everything that summer has in store. I sure do love summertime. It looks and feels a little bit different here in San Francisco. As Mark Twain was so eloquently misquoted, the coldest winter was the summer he spent in San Francisco. Fog is rolling in as I speak, but that won't put a damper on today's show. A good friend from the Great White North will be joining me after the break. Before we bring him on, let's take a quick jaunt down the grocery aisle and hear from today's sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by President's Choice, Puff Wheat, the ultimate grain selection for any royal gathering. For those not as familiar as my Canadian brethren, President's Choice is the main private label brand of one of the largest grocery chains in Canada, Loblaws Companies Limited. For decades, being distinguished with the President's Choice label has been a mark that every grocery item strived for. When the great people of Loblaws and President's Choice came to me looking to spread their brand internationally, I jumped at the chance. My childhood memories are filled with consuming many President's Choice products, and one such product stood out particularly, and that is President's Choice Puffed Wheat. You see, puffed wheat is kind of that under-the-radar food. It doesn't get as much praise and love as the more known puffed corn, puffed rice, and this hot-growing superfood, puffed amaranth. However, puffed wheat has many functions, and it is a very healthy solution. If you're looking for a nice, light, airy, something to start your day off right, choosing a bowl of puffed wheat will really get you going. My favorite function of this Swiss Army knife-like food option, though, is the beloved puffed wheat square. Growing up, I was an active kid as you heard about in previous episodes. And to fit my on-the-go schedule, I needed food solutions that were quick to consume and easily transferable. The puffed wheat square was the perfect solution. The lightness of the wheat and the gooiness of a hint of chocolate drizzle made this the irresistible treat. Whenever I make it back home to Regina, I always ask my mother for a batch of this great concoction. It reminds me of my youth. And if you're ever in the Regina area and want to witness this amazing dish, feel free to stop by the ASCII residence and get yourself a square or two. President's Choice Puffed Wheat can be purchased exclusively in Canada. Sorry to all the global listeners out there. It can be purchased exclusively in Canada at any Loblaws company store, including the Real Canadian Superstore, Value Mart, and Extra Foods. President's Choice Puffed Wheat the least controversial president's choice since 1984. Welcome back to the Luke Sask Experience. Today's guest is someone I've known a long time. We've been in the trenches together, playing sports growing up, went to rival high schools, my ultimate Texas Scramble golf partner, and one of the best dads I know that is at least close to my age. Long-time listener, who actually made a brief appearance in season one. However, this is this is his pod. He's the only only guest on the show. He is the Joe Pesci to my Daniel Stern. Mr. Trevor James, welcome to the LAE podcast. Wow. 
What an intro. I don't think I can live up to that, but that's all right. As a Canadian, I think, and someone from Saskatchewan in particular, I think we'd be going out of character not to talk about the weather first. <laughs> that, that's true. That's true. What? Uh, how are things going uh, on this July afternoon that we're chatting? I like to dispel rumor or myths that Americans think, so I know you have some American listeners that's true that's true yesterday it was 34 degrees celsius okay that's at least over 200 fahrenheit i think yeah i, th- I think that's the accurate uh, conversion rate uh, what is that actually i'll put this i'll go on uh alta vista here <laughs> or maybe i'll ask jeeves we don't have google in canada yet bing, uh, bing. 93.2 93.2 Anyways. wow so, so yeah what a time to be alive can I ask, was it a shirts optional day? Uh, not really, no. No option. No shirts. No <laughs> sleeves. That's, fair enough. Farmer stand. <laughs> uh, well, th- thank you. That's great, great icebreaker. Always a good way to uh, two Canadians uh, to just reacquaint each other to ourselves. I, I Actually, I feel rude. Uh, sorry for, uh, for not saying for myself. It was about... Uh, 70 degrees Fahrenheit, probably like a, a, a mid-21 degrees uh, yesterday, the, the sun came out. So it wasn't quite the summer day, but uh, I will take it as well. So yeah, let's. Uh, we, we brought you on the pod. We, we heard you in season one. You were part of the pre-wedding shenanigans, part of the group that stood by me as, uh, as I got married almost one year ago today. Hard to believe we were, uh, we were in Lake Tahoe at that time. What a time. What a, what a time. It was a great time. And I'm very honored. To, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No. <laughs> oh, just Canadians. Canadian standoff here. Sorry, you go. No, no. Sorry, no, no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. My, 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 my apologies. Uh, no, I was just saying it's an honor to be on the show. No, I, uh, I, I, w- I was going to say actually, it was almost a year ago that your daughter experienced her first baseball game at the Oakland Athletics Coliseum, and I think she's a diehard Oakland A's fan. Is that correct? What an arena that is! Is it still standing? Or? It's still standing. A uh, <laughs> couple years, they they might be putting the demolition trucks. I actually don't even think they need to get a stick of dynamite. Um, they will just allow that to uh, erode from the bottom. It should get a few more years of life because it's not getting a lot of use. I don't think. Oakland, you got the Warriors leaving town, the Raiders going to Vegas, the A's. Shout out to my boy Andy Zabo, who's uh, my ticket contact at the Oakland A's. Yeah. Uh, they're staying in Oakland. Wow. They're in there for the long haul. Hey? R- rooted in Oakland. <laughs> they are, they're in there for the long haul. So, yeah, we'll, we'll move away from the Oakland Athletics. Uh, you were actually a, a huge Toronto Blue Jays fan. You were uh, one of the original Toronto Blue Jays baseball fan. 1992, 93 our glory years uh, as a Canadian baseball fan. What do you what do you miss most about those those glory years of Blue Jays baseball? Uh, mainly just being a child and <laughs> <laughs> not knowing about the horrors of the world. That was it was a great time. I think I was four or five when the first game happened. It's the the first World Series win. It's it's literally my first memory as a kid was. We had to tape the game on the VCR, and I had to watch the second half of the game the next day because it was on too late. But I still remember, I think, all the starting lineups of 92 and 93. What a back-to-back. Did you like 92 more than 93? 
And I feel I don't remember 92 as much, but 1993, no. it, there's obviously you have the fateful Joe Carter, touch them all, cranking off the, the, the <laughs> wild thing. Um, 92, it kind of was like the under the radar team. Yeah. It, it's, it's hard to beat the first though, right? Like the, the drama of the second was definitely better. And I think it was maybe a more entertaining team and just having a walk-off. There's been, what, two walk-offs ever, maybe? I think there was one for the Pirates a long time ago. But no one but watches those games. I'm dating myself. You are dating yeah, that, yourselves. That Tom Cheek call, though, like, little-known fact that got added to the end of the Lord's Prayer here in Canada. <laughs> Touch them all, Joe. You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life. <laughs> um, but yeah, 1992-93, because of that, I became baseball was my first love this is actually where we uh this is how we met right this during oh yeah. on, on the baseball diamond so we can say because of the blue jays our paths uh connected when we were young and it's been uh glorious ever it's, since it's true who knows whether we would have even played baseball if it wasn't for the jays like they're what got me obsessed with it like um yeah we played on uh the regina pacers and we uh Speaking of the Pittsburgh Pirates, that's called a, a, a callback for those not in the biz. <laughs> um, our hats were literally just a ripoff of the Pittsburgh Pirates. But I'm shocked that they didn't have their licensing police give us a call and, and yeah. shut us down because it wasn't even a brief diversion. <laughs> it was the exact same P yeah. that we were using. But I guess yeah. we, we were uh, too small a fish for them. So thank you, for, Pittsburgh Pirates. Yeah allowing us Pre, to use your logo free social media you can get away with a lot yes yes yeah, so the uh the regina pacers days uh we were, we were both baseball fanatics trevor was kind of a, a five-tool player i remember you playing third base left field you could uh you could hit well, it was a tool all right <laughs> <laughs> you could you could hit doubles i was i was a shortstop i played a little uh little right field couldn't hit the ball uh to save my life went on some some deep slumps of <laughs> 10 plus games not hitting, but uh, I made up for it on uh, my gold glove tendencies. The classic getting buried in right field at that age. <laughs> no, yeah, it was, it was me at the hot corner and you went short. Yeah, we had uh, some good times there throwing guys out at first, but not doing a lot on the other side of the, <laughs> on the offensive side. Well, we, we were part of a triple play. Not many people can true. say it growing up. Just like the Jays should have been a part of in that World Series, Kelly Gruber, Ooh. who's a whole different story now. <laughs> Falling on hard times, Kelly. Yeah. But yeah, that, that triple play, it was unconventional, that's for sure. I think everyone on the diamond touched it at some point. Yeah, right? and I think I remember Justin Malhoit, uh, Malwheat, Malhoit, Justin Malhoit. I actually still don't even know if that's how you pronounce his last name. I should have asked him uh, 20 years ago. May I think it's Mayot. Mayot, it is Mayot. There you go. <laughs> We, we were best friends, as you can That's tell. That's my quarterback. <laughs> he kept that ball for the, oh. the, tri the, the triple play. Like I, I think he has it in his mantle somewhere. I was well, a, little, a little disappointed. He either has that one. One of the biggest regrets of my life was, as you know, we won the provincial championships. Yeah. Go big, Pacers. Big deal. And, yeah. and the, in, final in, out, the final out of the game was a line drive, and I caught it. And... Like out of habit, I flipped it back to the pitcher, and it was it was Mayot pitching at the time. I flipped it back to him, like as we were all mauling the mound, and 
the fact that he got to have that ball when I made the final out just devastated me. Wow. I, I think we should uh, we should pay him a visit next time and, and see, <laughs> see if the ball's there, see if he can go back to his rightful owner. And if not, a little Nancy Kerrigan action. <laughs> we, we don't condone actions of violence, uh, kids. For all the kids. Uh, no, I meant take yeah. him out to a movie, the new Margot Robbie movie. That's what I meant. Great show. And, yeah, we uh, peaked at 11, that's for sure. <laughs> it's been all downhill from there. That was how we met. I, I completely forgot about uh, some of those some of those times. One story I think that you should uh, share, the, the LAE faithful, the listeners, is probably one of the most pivotal moments of our friendship when I, when I knew you, you had my back regardless um, during this game of one-on-one of basketball, moving, moving sports from baseball to basketball. Uh, t- tell the listeners about how you dominated um, to win a, a football during oh, a, yeah. a one-on-one basketball game. That was, a, that was a big one for the little guys, for the, for the underdogs, that's for sure. Uh, that was back in the Pacers days. We had a, I can't remember if it was a team wind-up or just a team party. We were walking to one of the players' houses. He, he was hosting the night, a soiree. <laughs> and anyways, on the walk over there, I think you found a football. This wasn't just on the street. Or yeah, anything? it was. It wasn't my football. I found it on the street. Probably some other kid was devastated oh, yeah. that they didn't have it. But I claimed it as my own, and uh, so I, I brought it to this uh, soiree that we're going to. Yeah, you probably ripped it out of some kid's hand when I wasn't looking, but, but that's besides the point. Uh, yeah, we get to this house, and like this guy is like he's is has the nicest house ever so he's better looking than me he's a better athlete than me and he's a fancier house than me like this guy had it all like like i think this i'm pretty sure he had gatorade on tap in his basement like there's like a keg hooked up Mm -hmm. it was ridiculous yeah we were we were more of a safeway brand gatorade powder type of family so yeah this guy's it's like the classic movie where this guy's got it all we got nothing we we Aubrey Graham started from the bottom, and then we were there. We had this football. We had something. <laughs> and then he he took it from you. I don't, I don't remember how, but he just took it from you. And, and, like, we thought he was just playing around with a bit. And then we're like, no, like, that's our football. Well, <laughs> recently it was our football. Exactly. That, that's ours. And he's like, no, it's mine now. And I was like, what? You challenged on my behalf, I think, for me to play him in a one-on-one game of basketball to win it back. Exactly. And I, I, I felt it was, it was an even match bet- between you two. Game of hoops, one-on-one, at his place. You went to his home. Oh, played his him on home his home court. court with Gatorade, Gatorade flowing into his veins. <laughs> Probably the and, uh, most clutch performance I've ever seen. Yeah, and I'm a, I'm a C, C-minus athlete, but I'm an A-plus competitor. So when that was on the line, skews football's on the line. His pride's on the line. I stepped up and I dominated that game and got it back. And what to, a victory for the little guys! And to this day, I still have that football in my childhood room. Actually, it's still there. Oh. That's the memory I have. Uh, that's the connection between you and I. At that moment, I, I knew this was uh, this was a friendship right here. Should have had that at the wedding. Break the ice or cool off a little bit before. We should have oh. thrown, thrown a little pigskin before. Yeah. Uh, Someone stole it. <laughs> also, I peaked at eleven, like I said. I think that was the same year. Yeah, that was that was your 
that was your Bo Jackson year right there. Mm-hmm. And then injuries got the best of you. Continuing on the sports theme, we uh, we moved from baseball to golf. That was uh, that was our next passion project between the two of us. Mm-hmm. You uh, you always got the better of me. Let's be honest in <laughs> playing golf. I uh, you know I'm I'm a man that will admit. That uh, you you were a better golfer, even though I, I wanted to be. But uh, we, we got out there 20, 30 times a, a year. The Murray and Tor Hill golf courses, great establishments in Regina, well well groomed greens. That uh, for, enough for yeah <laughs> for a public course. Do um, you know it, it's eighty? I think it was like eighty five dollars for my dad to go for a round. Wow, like. Yeah. This might date ourselves, but a junior membership for both courses, we're talking 18 at the one and 27 at the other, $320 at the time. Yeah. Like, that's Unli- the cheapest. Unlimited. unlimited. That was the cheapest babysitter our parents ever could have. They'd drop us off and get us like eight hours later. Just, yeah, what a time. You could argue what, who was a better golfer, but we were always better as a team. We'd Texas scramble. Like, most people play Texas scrambles when they're like drunk at a com- company tournament not just these two kids just playing we'd play four like two balls each and just see like how low we could go it was a great time it, it, it was, it was we, us against the world we, we had this you were you were the driver you were the mm. iron shot usually the chipper as well but uh when that ball got on the green the short game specialist came to play with uh, my egyptian putter in hand <laughs> There was uh there was some magic in in that flat blade. That putter looked like it came out of a tomb, that's for sure, but it got the job done. <laughs> no, the, it put curses on other people, but it uh it <laughs> it brought us luck. I actually played yesterday a little game of golf, shot at 98. Yeah, it's not bad. It's 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 not great. You're playing tips, I assume. Yeah, <laughs> of course. This is a championship level course. Su- Sunday pins, too. Yeah. This was like Shinnecock Hills, you know, you, you, you can yeah. barely, barely get the ball on the green. It broke 100. I'll, I'll take that. I don't hit the ball as far as I did when I was 11 through 16, oh, yeah. which, is a, do I. which is an odd <laughs> thing for me. Once but, again, we peaked. when <laughs> we, we peaked early, basically. You're talking to two uh, retired athletes here. Uh, you may not have heard of us, but... Uh, um, and that was actually the b- birth of uh, the Wet Bandits. The wet uh, bandits. The wet bandits. As for those listening, you may be thinking Home Alone, Wet Bandits, Daniel Stern, Joe Pesci. Yes, those same wet bandits find their way into homes and uh, leave the leave the taps on. And let's just say when we when we golf, we we come to play, take no prisoners, and we like to leave the pins in or out, whatever. Uh, <laughs> we whatever get the taps is, on. Yeah. that's for sure. <laughs> We had some we had some schemes that never came to fruition. Luckily for our futures, I think. <laughs> do, do you still have the sign from uh, I, from the Tor Hill? Yeah, so we just moved into a new house like two weeks ago, and it's proudly up in our garage now. There we go. Whole, I think it was hole four of the new nine at the tour. Yeah, we were playing that day, and it was just laying on the ground. Like it fell off the signpost. Yeah, so it was basically we we're playing in a hurricane-like condition. Maybe not hurricane. We're right. not near a, a body of water, but uh, earthquake, windstorm type of conditions. Everything was all over the place. We were actually doing a service that uh, right. You, you took the sign home. 
and everything that falls off a signpost means it's legally up for grabs. Yeah, I think in that's, Canadian law, that's written <laughs> into the Constitution. Yeah, the best was that we had to, we just gave up on finishing that nine, and we were only on hole four, and we walked all the way back to the car, and you had it hidden under your shirt, and you don't exactly have the frame to hide like a giant metal sign. <laughs> but but we did <laughs> leave the taps on and start the car. Let's go. But uh, we, we, we've digressed quite a bit. You, you've come a long way. You're, uh, you're a father and expecting another one. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. It's been a big year. We're, we just moved from a condo into a house. Yeah, we have one who's 14 months now and expecting one at the end of November. So two under two. Here we come. <laughs> are, you, are you ready? I know that's a very broad question, and the answer is obviously no, but enlighten me of where your mental state is right now. Oh, I'm, I'm still not even ready for the first one. She's over. <laughs> the thing I always come back to is there's... Jump a jellyfish! ...out there, and they have multiple kids, and somehow those kids survive. Like, we can do it. <laughs> Great source of inspiration for, uh, for anyone out there. Well, no. The authorities are going to be at my door shortly. <laughs> That, that's what happens when you're on an international uh, airwaves that, that the LA podcast has become. Uh, yeah, we can gamble on this, I'm pretty sure. That, that, that's international true. waters. That, that's true. What, <laughs> you can put the line of how long we're actually going to last. Oh, we've kept it pretty clean. So well, we have kept it pretty clean. Um, speaking about someone that always keeps it clean, Jay Leno. You want to talk about a way back track. Jay Leno, first of all. I'm not a big fan of Jay Leno. When I look back at some of the great comedians in the, the yesteryears, you had the Richard Pryors of the world, the Jerry Seinfelds, the David Lettermans, and Jay Leno was during this same time period, and Jay Leno just got all the breaks. Like he, he, oh, he, he became the guy getting the Tonight Show gigs. Then did he getting, ever? Getting the Tonight Show gig again, pushing out Conan. <laughs> it, was, it was really his world, and I don't even think he was that funny. Like, I, I, oh. don't, I don't really know how he did it. Yeah, I don't... I guess... We, I've listened to some podcasts with some really great comedians, and they all say that he had really good stand-up back in the day, though. Apparently, he was really good on the road doing stand-up, so maybe that's how he got it, but it definitely didn't shine through on the show. Like, <laughs> as, no. a, as a dad who makes lame dad jokes, like, you think a game would recognize game? <laughs> I don't know, he just didn't... I don't know, there was two types of people. There was Letterman people and Leno people, and I definitely was in the Letterman camp. It didn't make sense to me. And obviously, learning more about the feud between the two and, and others, I think he was a little vanilla. As, as two fans of, huge fans of Seinfeld, obviously, like, the, the, I'd say the greatest clean comedian of all time. Like we, It's not that we can't respect a clean comedian, but that's, that's how he made his legacy is that Leno was, he was safe and he was clean, right? I think that's why he did well. But, you know, he had some sort of an impact in why this episode is called The Luncheon. Uh, for those, <laughs> those wondering why why it's called this. this I'm is still actually, wondering why. It, it's, it's a joke that Jay Leno had when we were 11. It was a, it was a very pivotal year for us. Yeah, what, um, what a year. What a year. Just before Y2, just lead up to yeah. Y2K really devastated us, obviously. Yeah, the buildup, yeah. We never recovered. No, we, we didn't. The Let's just say when the, the clock struck zero, everything else really, really shaped it our, our, our future. Um, but, 
Glad glad to hear uh, your little one's doing doing well right now. Oh, oh man, these are this is a good microphone. She's pretty far away. Yeah. <laughs> um, I tried to go into the basement and hide, but yeah, I, I definitely understand. But it it was a joke that Jay Leno gave. The punchline was about a guy named Luncheon and a guy about, named Peters. Hence, why I call you Luncheon, and I call myself Peters. But it didn't make sense then. It still doesn't make sense now. It was on that his like his headlines segment, which is maybe his most famous segment, right? Where he took newspaper headlines. Yeah. yeah. And it was like Luncheon Peters at Cathedral, and like the crowd laughed, and we just were like, "Are we just not old enough to get this?" And then here we are now, and I still don't get it. Yeah. Maybe again, we'll check back in twenty years from now and see. If we if the the light bulb goes off and and we understand the joke, and maybe we'll get why people like Jay Leno once we get that exactly like, uh-huh. that that might, that might be the aha moment. Until that mm-hmm. time, Jay Leno, thanks for uh, for nothing. Thanks for nothing. <laughs> the show about nothing. Thanks for nothing. Moving on to drones. <laughs> what a segue! What a segue! Drones. Yeah, you talking about droning out the well, audience. Yeah, Leno droned on and on, so there, there we go. There we go. One of your claims to fame now, obviously you're a retired athlete, but you are a proficient drone flyer. I don't know if that's the proper way to distinguish yourself. You're in the drone business. It's uh, This is an up-and-coming up thing. Actually, maybe it, it's already here. I, I might be naive. Enlighten the audience of how you got into droning and, and what you've been doing. Well, it kind of fell into our lap, so... Uh, we there's a, a nice lake two hours from here where my in-laws own a cabin and we'd go there and drones looked fun or actually sorry uh, my wife's uncle had a drone so like a grown man with this toy just having the best time or like we need one of those so we bought like a cheap one smashed it immediately but that was fun got another one and we we're like this is the funnest thing ever but it's extremely expensive. We got to figure out a better way. There's so got to be a better way. It's, gotta, it's always got to be a better way. So like, we got to find a way to make money off this. So we started a company to shameless plug here called Icarus and Apollo productions. Follow I- us on Instagram. Icarus and Apollo productions. And the, the story behind the name is the Greek gods, Icarus and Apollo. So Icarus is the one that, Flew too close to the sun and his wax wings burnt up. Yep. Story of boat being humble and sitting down. Um, for your Kendrick Lamar fans, I think. Uh, and then Apollo was the sun god and his chariot would make the sun go across the sky smoothly. So the idea was you don't want to fly too close to the sun once you're having a really aggressive drone flight. Because that's when things go wrong. You want to be smooth and steady across the sky like Apollo. <laughs> so a ridiculous name for an equally ridiculous company. And yeah, we started just doing drone videos for golf courses, wedding venues, uh, real estate, agriculture. And we even did the Wascana golf course in Regina. Um the the and, home of the Canadian Open yeah, yeah. Championship for the LPGA. Sorry for. Actually, uh, I don't even know if I don't even know if there is a Canadian LP. There's a Canadian PGA, I believe. 
but anyways, yeah, it's the the big time, and like they use it as part of their the video as part of their bid to land the tournament. So that was pretty cool to be a part of. And now you'll we'll turn on TV and we'll see it, some of our footage and commercials and that kind of thing. Do you so. get a royalty fee every time it's uh, shown? No, they paid us just to, for the rights for the commercial. So okay, they uh, yeah. they, they paid you. Hopefully, hopefully, well for your for your efforts. Hey, it's making money off flying drones around. So anything more than zero is a huge bonus. So for those listening that say, you know what, I think that sounds like a cool idea. I want to do it myself. What would you say to them? Oh, it's a expensive and tedious process to get into it just because I, I think the U S is pretty similar to in regulations, but here it's not. It's like you have to go through transport Canada. You have, we had to fill out like a 40 page form, like an application to get, uh, licensed and then you have to buy liability insurance it's it's better just to hire us <laughs> icarus apollo productions follow them on They're instagram cool. reach out okay. thanks for the plug and any any time you know you're you're not quite you're not the sponsor yet but uh we'd love to have you for a, for a future sponsor read the money's on we, we don't make lae money yet you know, <laughs> give one, us a few years. One one day you can. And again, thank you again for uh, President's Choice Puff Wheat for uh, for sponsoring today's show. Um, ooh, ooh. <laughs> n- nothing I actually. Love some puff wheat. Nothing would be better actually than than a, than a puff wheat right now. It's kind of the mid afternoon. You know, when the the th- hunger is getting to you, but you don't want a, a, a huge full meal. Um, Maybe getting getting that puffweed square wrapped ni- neatly in that saran wrap packaging. There's nothing that really quenched the hunger uh, as much as the the puffweed square. And no one does it better than golf courses for some reason. Like I've had puffweed squares from like grandmas who are great at baking pies, making other desserts, but for some reason the golf course puffweed just hits the spot every time. Do you think you obviously have certain chefs and like? dessert chef specialties that, that come to like big country clubs or whatnot. Do you think that is part of the hiring process of if you want to work for a golf and country club, you need to have a chef that understands th- the purpose of puff wheat? Because if, if you overcook puff wheat, you get like this oh. crunchy taste. It's like a brick um, in your mouth and it's not fun. No, no. Nobody wants that. You're going to decrease sales. You, you need that certain consistency. Is that a resume line that needs to be on there? I think it should be the top resume line. And uh, it must be. Why, how else can you explain this phenomenon of puff wheat at golf courses just being so above and beyond everywhere else? Yeah, maybe there's, there's something in it. So those, those people out there that are making great puff wheat, like uh, my mother, Michelle Askew, uh, Consider your yourself your, ne- your next occupation could be working for a golf and country club. You're the real MVP. <laughs> the ones making the puff wheat. That's right. Um, I'll I'll get you out of here on this last last one. What would be your one piece of advice for the LAE faithful listening? Could be big, could be small. What's that one piece of advice that you want them to remember through your words? Oh wow, that's you get really deep with that. Yeah. We, we go we, really shallow too. We go shallow pool. We go deep end. We, uh, we swim in all the pools at the LAE. I would say explore your own backyard. 
everyone likes to go on trips to they go to paris they go to barcelona you go to mexico or whatever but there's so much in in canada and the u.s like it's amazing how many people have like flown all around the world but they haven't even driven like two hours outside of their their city and seen what's there like think about it like how many people come from other parts of the world to where we live to look around and a lot of us don't even look at it like i've done road trips to the east coast of canada west coast of canada just for your wedding we drove all the way to portland and then to the coast all the way down to san fran to lake tahoe back through utah and you just you just see so many amazing things that people pay a lot of money to come see and they're right next to us and we don't go and look at them <laughs> big plug for parks canada and whatever the national parks in the u.s and also a great plug for icarus apollo uh productions because no better way to explore and see that beauty uh, in video form and, and capture that that lifelong moment than uh than some drone footage so yeah see it from a new perspective there we go explore your own backyard great piece of advice from a great guest on the show trevor james you've been a real gentleman throughout this entire time we, we've covered a lot we've been brought in jay leno which is i don't know how i feel about that we may edit that part out but uh <laughs> thank you again for your time i've been called a lot of things but a gentleman is not one of them <laughs> so thank you very much it's been very great to be on the podcast long time yeah. listener first well second time speaker i guess <laughs> you know we start kind of like our athletic prowess we started strong we peaked yeah. early yeah. and then we we've fallen off the wagon now but that's we were fun. 11 we were 11 earlier in the podcast yeah. that's for sure and now we're Sorry for your sorry for your ratings. You're gonna lose a lot of followers over this one. Don't don't worry. We will uh, we will build them back up. We've got great great shows coming up. Great guests coming up all season long. Season two, LAE raw, authentic, emotional. It's been great, Trevor. Appreciate the time. To end this week's episode is the motivational message to get you jump-started and ready to take on your upcoming tasks. Today's motivational message comes from Seth Godin, the inspirational and highly intelligent world-renowned author, entrepreneur, and marketer. I've been on a kick lately rereading some of Seth's books, and this quote really stuck with me this week. It goes as such, Hard work is about risk. It begins when you deal with the things that you rather not deal with. The fear of failure, fear of standing out, fear of rejection. Hard work is about training yourself to leap over this barrier, drive through the other barrier, and after you've done that, to do it again the next day. Life is about risk and being willing to cha challenge ourselves and train ourselves to overcome obstacles along the way. This week, let's look back on our goals and see what steps we can take to make progress and push ourselves to, this new, to these new boundaries. That's our show for today. Thank you to Trevor James for talking with us and taking time out of his day with a little one running around the house and another one on the way. Actually, we should be thanking his wife, Lindsay, for allowing this conversation to happen. And also thank you again to President's Choice for sponsoring today's pod and providing the snacks for the podcast in the form of Puffweed Squares. 
We'll be back with a new episode soon. So until that time, from all of us at the LAE, take care, talk soon, and God bless. (laughs) 